Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of MileHighSports.com. That is where you can find all of the Nuggets content that Mile High Sports produces. Just type in MileHighSports.com into your browser and click on the Nuggets icon in the top right corner. This is going to be a pack show. First of all, I am sorry I've been gone. I have not had a computer for about a week because my charger went out and nobody has a 2010 MacBook Pro charger that even exists nowadays. So I was without a computer for a hot minute, but I want to cover a few things in this podcast, uh, specifically with what it has to do with the Nuggets playoff seating after all of the games on Tuesday night on April 9th. Um, Before we do that, though, this was one of the most wild days that I can ever remember in the NBA. So just to kick off the insanity, Magic Johnson randomly stepped down from his position as the as the president of basketball operations with the Lakers. And what was weird about this is that nobody had any idea it was coming. So Magic Johnson literally just calls a press conference, walks in there, and then says that he is going to be stepping down from his position. He did not tell Jeannie Buss. He did not tell Rob Palinka, Ramona Shelbourne, who's as locked into that um, Lakers organization as really anybody is, said that nobody had any idea that this decision was coming. And for it, honestly, it felt that way. It just felt like such a shock to the system. Um, and what was weird is that he talked for like four 40 minutes, if I remember correctly, to the media for his press conference, proceeded to leave for what seemed like 20, 30 minutes, and then was being interviewed again afterwards before the Lakers took the court against the Portland Trailblazers in Los Angeles. So... As of right now, Magic Johnson is no longer part of the organization. He said he couldn't tell Jeannie Buss because of their relationship. He couldn't manage telling her to her face that he was going to be resigning. And in addition to that, his reasoning for why he was leaving was that he just didn't enjoy the lifestyle. He didn't like that he had to be so careful about what he said about other players. He didn't like the tampering rules. He didn't like the kind of person that the job was turning him into. And then, just to top it all off... Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN started dragging him. I mean, there were so many things that Woj said about Magic Johnson that really, really surprised me. And it all had to do with what he was doing as a GM. This has nothing more to do than that. So here's just a couple of interesting things. So Adrian Wojnarowski, the first tweet that he put out after Magic Johnson had conducted his press conference to say he was resigning, the first thing Woj tweeted was, since taking over as president of the Lakers, Magic Johnson never fully committed to the job. Often he was traveling and away from the team. His office hours were limited. He didn't do a lot of scouting. Running an NBA team takes tremendous commitment and time and energy. Then he followed that up with, Lakers coaching staff fully expected to be fired in the hours after the final game of the season. They had believed they were gone for months. Now, Magic quits in the public, saying he's too scared to tell Jeannie Buss face-to-face. What an embarrassing episode for a historic franchise. And he wasn't done yet. He then followed up to go with Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka visit with LeBron James and Agent Rich Paul on Saturday, Johnson offered no indication that he was on the brink of bailing on the Lakers. This continued. Luke Walton has two years left on his contract, but only next season is guaranteed per source. Lakers option on the 2020-21 season. Uh, Johnson planned to fire him, but stumbled into his own resignation on the way. Somehow Walton survived Magic Johnson. He did not see that coming. That is 
insane. All of this dragging and the commotion that this um, decision by Magic Johnson that, that was created was just insane. I did not expect this. No one expected this. And the flurry was so fast. And I guess that's it. Magic is no longer going to be in operations with the Lakers after what was an awful stretch from him as an executive for the first time in his career. Was not a good stretch for the Lakers or for Magic. In addition to Magic stepping down, Oklahoma City had a buzzer beater, which, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Portland had a, bu- a buzzer beater, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, Dwayne Wade had his last game in Miami. In addition to that, the Mavericks um, played the Suns in what, in, in what was Dirk Nowitzki's last game in Dallas for the Mavericks. On top of that, Jamal Crawford had 51 points in this game, became the oldest player to score 50 points um, in a single game. In that same game, Luka Doncic had a triple-double. Oh yeah, also in the Warriors game, Steph Curry rolled his ankle. All of a sudden, everyone's worried about what's going to happen with him. What an absolutely just insane day of NBA basketball, and we haven't even talked about the Nuggets yet. It was just complete chaos, and this is what makes the NBA so great, is all of this chaos, all of this just rapid-paced um It's just chaos. I don't know the other word for it. It's just like an anarchy of a league, and it's so much damn fun to watch because you just never have any idea what could happen. Things are supposed to be somewhat smooth on the news front right now. This is just the late part of the season where teams are gearing up for the playoffs. You do not expect the highest profile president of basketball operations to abruptly sit himself out and resign from his post to have two buzzer beaters, both which immediately impacted the Nuggets' um, playoffs seating in a very positive way and then to have Dwayne Wade's last game in Miami, Dirk's last game in uh, Dallas, and to have all of these great things surrounding those games. I mean, this is insane. Dirk had 30 points on 31 shots in his last game. Dwayne Wade had 30 points in his last game. Those guys came out and balled, man. It was so much fun just to enjoy this night of basketball as a whole. Um, That was a whole lot of random stuff that had nothing to do with the Nuggets, but it is time to get back into stuff about the Nuggets. But before we do that, first a quick shout out to the Regulators Production Group. They are the ones who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast. You can find them on Instagram at Regulators Regime. In addition to that, the presenting sponsor of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast is Terrapin Care Station. So I can't go any further before I give you a quick word from them. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com.
This Nuggets game was ugly. It was one of those games where there were multiple moments where you felt like the Nuggets had an opportunity to really get like get their feet planted in, take a lead and hold a lead, but their best players consistently fell to the wayside over and over again. And really nothing summed up this game more than the fact that Jokic had probably his worst game as a professional player, full stop. He only played 16 minutes and fouled out in those 16 minutes, only had two points on one of six shooting, missed both of his free throw attempts, had five rebounds and two assists against one turnover. It was a minus 15 in 16 minutes. Rudy Gobert absolutely annihilated him to start this game, but after Gobert really took it to Nikola, Jokic folded. That's what it looked like to me. He did not look like he was bought into this game anymore. He let go of the rope, as Michael Malone likes to say so often. And when your MVP caliber all-star player on your team that you have built your entire roster around only plays 16 minutes, fouls out, and misses five of their six shots like that, you're not going to win. It just is what it is. The Nuggets are built around Nikola Jokic offensively and defensively. And if he's not bought in, Denver does not win those games. Full stop. End of conversation. And tonight, it was just awful. Jokic just didn't look involved. Shot terribly. Fouled out. And Denver just can't afford a single game like this from Nikola Jokic until the 2018-19 season comes to an end at some point. They just cannot afford to have Jokic play like this. This was, again, probably the worst game that Nikola Jokic has ever played as an NBA player. And, you know, he doesn't have very many bad games to say, but it it was mind-blowing for me to see Jokic struggle that much I have not seen him struggle like that and just really get played out of the game in my four years of watching him play live I was very very surprised to see him struggle like that and to make matters worse the rest of the Nuggets starting front court was atrocious Paul Millsap played 21 minutes was one of seven from the field had five points four rebounds one assist minus 14 and 21 minutes even if you want to include Will Barton in there because he is technically a forward in this position He played 20 minutes tonight, 0 of 3 from the field, 0 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, minus 15 and 20 minutes. The Nuggets just didn't get enough from their front court at all. They needed so, so, so much more than that. And if they're not going to get it from Jokic and Millsap, they need Barton to play well. It can't just fall back on Jamal Murray going crazy in the bench and hopefully getting enough of a lift to get Denver to win this game. I mean, Will Barton... He is not a kind of player that goes invisible very often, but I can't remember Will Barton making any important plays in this game off the top of my head. I don't remember him playing in this game. He just wasn't good. And Michael Malone went out of his way to kind of call him out after the game to be like, listen, there's nothing more I can do to put Will in a good situation. At some point, Will just needs to play better. And that's where we're at right now. And there was plenty of questions that came in from listeners of the show about Will Barton and his starting spot. So I'll get to that later in the show show not right now but just know that Will Barton needs to get back and you know into a rhythm as quickly as possible because as things are right now this is a not good version of Will Barton it's going to really hurt the Nuggets in the playoffs because they need guys who can put their head down and break down a defense and Barton is one of the very very few players on this Nuggets team who can do that so if Denver keeps playing or if Denver keeps getting these kinds of performances from Will Barton it's going to be very tough to win in a playoff setting the Nuggets are going to need a ton of Monte Morris and Malik Beasley if Barton is playing like this 
The other negative takeaway, which were the most of the takeaways, was that Donovan Mitchell is going to haunt this Denver Nuggets team until the day that he dies. Mitchell had 46 points on 14 of 26 shooting. He hit 5 of his 8 three-pointers and hit 13 of his 16 free-throw attempts to go with 7 rebounds and 4 assists and 2 steals. He was a plus 24 in 36 minutes tonight, and he was doing whatever the hell that he wanted to do. He was unstoppable. I mean, that was a star level play our game from Donovan Mitchell. It was absolutely bonkers how good he was, and the Nuggets had absolutely no answer for him. There was just nothing they could do stylistically. They didn't have a player that they could match up on him. It just doesn't matter. And when Donovan Mitchell is that good at playing with the ball in his hands and is acting as that pseudo point guard on the floor with Ricky Rubio out, he becomes one of the most ridiculous matchup nightmares in the league there's not guards that are you know strong enough to keep up with um, Donovan Mitchell's huge frame but if they are they're usually not quick enough to keep up with his speed he is just such a mismatch nightmare at the point of attack and tonight was exactly that he absolutely abused the Nuggets tonight there was nothing they could do and man like I said that trade of ending up with Tyler Lydon instead of Donovan Mitchell and getting Trey Lyles that is going to haunt Denver forever Donovan Mitchell looks the part of a bonafide superstar at some point in the NBA, and he's already may be on that path right now. He may already be a superstar, but if not, he is well on his way to that spot, and he was just absolutely fantastic tonight. But there was some good for the Nuggets as well. Their guards did bounce back in a pretty big way tonight, which was great to see, and the uh, I guess the best of it came off of the bench for Denver. Monte Morris had 22 points on 8 of 13 shooting from the field. He had two of his five threes, all four of his free throws to go with four assists, zero turnovers, and one steal. Was a plus eight in his 29 minutes in a 10-point loss. So overall was very, very good. Same with Malik Beasley, 25 points, 9 of 13 shooting. He hit five of his six three-pointers, two of his three free throws. Also threw in an assist, two steals and a block for good measure and that block was of the chase down variety and it was vicious I also thought uh, that Malik Beasley played better defense tonight than he normally does he was much more locked in was getting active in the passing lanes was very aware off ball for the first time that I can remember him being that aware of that consistently so not only did Malik pour it in offensively but he looked better defensively than he has been in recent times so great to see the Nuggets bench unit uh, the guards on the bench unit could play better and the Nuggets starting guards were better as well. Jamal Murray, up until he started missing everything in the third and fourth quarter, was playing very well. Still, finished with 22 points on 9 of 21 shooting, hit 3 of his 6 threes, had 5 rebounds, an assist, and a steal in the game against just one turnover. Uh, Gary Harris, he ended up with some foul trouble, which really hurt his ability to continue his strong play. But 15 points, 7 of 15 shooting, hit one of his 3 threes, had 2 assists, did not turn the ball over, and had a steal. So not bad games from either of them. It just... It sucks that they didn't. There, there was foul trouble for Gary Harris, and that the game got so out of hand that the Nuggets kind of had to start gunning. Because overall, the Nuggets guards did play significantly better than they have played in recent times. Um, just going back the past couple weeks. Still, though, the biggest takeaway is that Nikola Jokic and Paul Millsap were terrible. Will Barton was invisible, and the Nuggets, if they would have won this game tonight. If Denver walks out with a victory tonight, they would have secured the number two seed in the West because Houston lost to Oklahoma City as, as just as Denver needed. 
But Denver just couldn't take care of business. They just fell in Utah, um, and now Denver is 1-3 against Utah this season with two losses coming in Utah, and Denver has now lost nine straight games in Utah going back like five years or so. So Denver is really struggling with Utah, and hopefully they can find a way to avoid them in the playoffs too because this is not a good matchup for Denver, clearly. Things went very, very bad in this game. But for Denver, everything outside of their game actually went very, very well. So the Nuggets needed two things to happen tonight beyond their own game to have the best possible outcome. They needed Oklahoma City to beat Houston, and they needed Portland to beat the Lakers. The reason why, and I will end up reiterating this later in the podcast, is if the Nuggets want to get the two seed and also avoid the Rockets and the Warriors until the Western Conference Finals, they need Portland to win out and they needed Houston to lose to Oklahoma City. So they got the Portland win. Houston lost to Oklahoma City. So now all that Denver needs for their best possible playoff scenario is to beat Minnesota on Wednesday on for the second night of the back-to-back for the last game of the regular season, and they need Portland to beat the Kings. If those two things happen, Denver will lock in the two-seed, and they will also not play the Warriors or the Rockets until the Western Conference Finals. So that is very... Very, 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 very big. Denver, and this is kind of what they wanted to do. Michael Malone definitely pushed back on this, but Denver losing in Portland to Portland when they were resting that night, part of that was seemingly because they wanted to avoid Houston. And now Portland has won again. If they just get one more win, their plan worked to perfection so long as Denver can beat Minnesota tomorrow night. That is going to be what all this hinges on. And this is the thing, too. If Denver beats Minnesota, but the Portland Trailblazers lose, that's fine. Denver still ends up with the second seed. The Portland Trailblazer game against the Kings, the only reason that that matchup matters is specifically to get the Rockets and the Warriors in the other bracket so that the Nuggets do not have to face either of them um, until the Western Conference Finals, where they will only face one of them on their path to the playoffs. So overall, this was actually a very productive night despite the fact that the Nuggets played awful basketball and lost a game that they arguably should have won if they just had their best player playing even at an average level. So it could have been much worse. It could have been much worse. So now though, looking ahead at what the Nuggets' potential matchup in the playoffs could be, that gets very, very convoluted. The reason why is because Well, let's just start here. The Nuggets will undoubtedly play one of the Clippers, the Spurs, or the Thunder in the first round of the playoffs. That is set in stone. It does not matter what else happens from here on out until the end of the season. The Nuggets will end up in the second or third seed, and they will play one of the Clippers, Spurs, or Thunder in the first round of the playoffs. The problem is is that Denver does not know if it will be the second or third seed, and seed 6, 7, and 8 are all within one game of each other. So Denver literally has no possible way that they will be able to prepare for whatever team that they are going to be playing until the day ends tomorrow. There is just no way of telling what is going to happen. So that is going to be a very, very interesting day tomorrow because all of those teams play. As I said earlier, the Nuggets will be playing Minnesota. The Thunder will be playing the Bucks in Milwaukee, but the Bucks do not have anything to play for. So that'll be interesting. The Mavericks will be playing in San Antonio against the Spurs for Dirk Nowitzki's last game as an NBA player. So that's going to be an interesting game. 
And then you have the Clippers playing the Jazz in Los Angeles. And you have the Portland Trailblazers playing the Kings in Portland. So all of those games are going to matter. Every last one of them. And until uh, probably about 11.30 midnight tomorrow night, we're just not going to know what to expect from the Nuggets matchup in the playoffs. So we're just gonna, it's, it, we're in wait-and-see mode when it comes to those situations as it is right now. Um, lots of things can happen. So I did put out a tweet of just kind of what to expect from these playoff matchups and kind of what, I guess, what, you know. So here, here let, me, let me just spell it out. So if Denver loses tomorrow night, they will fall to the three seed, Houston will jump to two, and Portland will be in the fourth seed. So you'll have Golden State, Houston, Denver, Portland as the top four teams. If Denver wins but Portland loses, Denver will hold on to the two seed, Houston will be in the three seed, and Portland will be in the four seed. So the Nuggets will play, uh, likely play Houston in the second round if they escape the first round if Denver wins and Portland wins Denver gets the two seed Portland gets the three seed and Houston gets the four seed and the Nuggets will not face the Warriors or the Rockets until the Western Conference Finals so lots at play tomorrow it's going to be a hyper interesting season or end of the season I can't wait to see what happens and definitely stick around here for all of it because it's going to be fun um Real quick, before we go any further, I got to give you one more quick shout out from Terrapin Care Station because, frankly, you wouldn't be hearing my voice if they didn't exist. So they're doing another promotion in addition to all the deals they do all the time. They're doing $100 cartons of Terrapins. It is one ounce of five five-gram packs of Terrapins and as well as three one-gram cone joints. So you can go get an ounce of weed already rolled for you for $100 at Terrapin Care Station. Definitely take the time to go down there and give them a quick shout and to give them your business for all of your marijuana needs in the Denver metro area. favorite segment which is answering questions from listeners um all over twitter instagram all over the place so let's just dive into it so zay on twitter asked what is your dream playoff scenario so for me my personal dream playoff scenario would be facing the clippers in the first round that would require the clippers winning and the spurs losing tomorrow um if that somehow manages to happen the nuggets would face the clippers in the first round but they would also need Portland to win and also Denver would need to win in order for Denver to be the second seed, avoid Houston and Golden State until the uh, Western Conference Finals, and then all they would have to do was beat the Clippers going through... Um, or, or then they have to be beat the Clippers in the first round, and then one of Portland or um, Oklahoma City, I think, is who would be in the second round. So that would be my dream playoff scenario: a first round matchup with the Clippers, with the Rockets and the Warriors in the other bracket. That way, the Nuggets are going to face off against the Thunder or the Spurs or Utah or Portland in the second round in order to get themselves into a position to make the Western Conference Finals. So, the next question is one that pretty much everybody asks, and I say everybody, but I mean like the same six people that hate Will Barton. Um, they asked, what do you think about pulling Barton out of the starting lineup? And I had people 
talk about starting Tori instead of him or bringing Monte in and playing small or whatever kind of idea you have. It, it doesn't matter. I, I do not think Michael Malone is going to change the starting lineup. The only time I can envision Malone changing the starting lineup is if Denver loses a playoff game at home that isn't the very first game of the series. If they lose game two or if they lose game four at the Pepsi Center, then I do think Michael Malone could start running the idea through his head of maybe it's time to sit Will Barton down um, and let him get his legs back under him through the playoffs because clearly he is not at his best. Will Barton is the unquestioned starting small forward of this team. The only reason that Malone would change that is because he would be in such a clear desperation mode down 3-1 in the playoffs or whatever it is to where he feels like he just has to make a change in in order to do this. The other thing I want to say is that I do not see the Nuggets from moving on from Will Barton. I do not see the Nuggets benching Will Barton for next year. I think that Will Barton is the starting small forward of this team. There just may be... um I guess an extreme correction made in the playoffs where they potentially could take him out of the starting lineup. But it wouldn't be unless the Nuggets' back is against the wall and it's been because Barton continually keeps the struggle in the ways that he struggled tonight against the Jazz. Hayden on Twitter asked, With a win versus many tomorrow, with, uh, what would you grade the Nuggets' season as? I don't know if there's any other answer other than an A. I would say an A minus just because we still haven't had an opportunity to see this full starting unit in rhythm, all healthy and rolling together. The injuries really took that away from all of the fans and the media who were watching. So while I do say that, that we haven't seen the Nuggets at their best, that's probably the only negative takeaway I have when looking at the season as a whole. So for me, I would say it's at least an A minus, if not a little bit higher. Um, Adrian Roberts on Twitter asked, are you worried about the Nuggets physicality against bigger opponents? I think I kind of am. I think I'm there because Nikola Jokic gets bodied by more physical centers on the most part if they're athletic or they're rim rollers. He does better against guys like Steven Adams and stuff like that because they're more traditional bigs. But rim rollers like um, like Rudy Gobert tonight, Carl um, Anthony Towns, so many of these guys that have given Nikola Jokic fits, Montrez Harrell, who he may have to face in the first round, those guys do give Nikola Jokic fits. And when you go out to the, um, the perimeter, Michael Malone's biggest qualm with the defense when it's struggling other than their communication is the fact that they're not physical enough with the opposing guards at the point of attack. So I would say yes, I am worried about the physicality and it's going to be very interesting to see how this young Nuggets team handles that physicality in the playoffs. So Adam Young asks, if the if the ideal playoff situation occurs, like the one I talked about earlier, where the Nuggets play the Clippers, and then they are able to avoid the Rockets and the Warriors until the Western Conference Finals, uh, the question from Adam is, would it be too bold to expect a Western Conference trip? or a Western Conference Finals trip. Yes, it'd be too much to expect it. That does not mean it's outside of the realm of possibilities, but to expect it, that's something that you can't do for a Nuggets team that has never been to the playoffs. For a group of young players who have no idea what that environment is like, it is too much to expect from them. So yes, I don't think that you can go out there and say that you should expect that. It's absolutely possible, and in the cards, it just doesn't mean that it's actually going to be on the table or that fans or media should expect that of the Nuggets. Still, this Nuggets season is going as well as you could have ever hoped. Yes, these losses of the Jazz suck, but it just is what it is. You're not going to win every single divisional game, and Denver has been as good in their division as almost any team in the NBA this year, so... 
What a year so far it's been. One more regular season game left, and then we are off to the playoffs. I will be traveling with the Nuggets on the playoffs, so you will be getting content from me at home and on the road for the Nuggets playoff games. So definitely keep it locked to Mile High Sports. And also make sure to subscribe, comment, review, rate, all those things for the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. We are now on iHeartRadio and Spotify and Google Play and iTunes and all of those major outlets. So anywhere that you can find a podcast, I bet you can find the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast on it. If not, definitely make sure to reach out to me and let me know. But all of those reviews and rates, they really help in terms of me being able to sell this podcast and keep it going for as long as I possibly can. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for sticking around. It's going to be a very, very fun end of the season. So definitely keep it locked to milehighsports.com as we keep it going. But until then, we will talk to you guys in the near future and have a great rest of your day.